0: If this system is going to to fall in the hands of of bad actors, what does it mean to my company or to my organization?
1: Welcome everybody to the second episode of Hack My Cybersecurity podcast. Today we'll be discussing how we can keep your company and your customer's company, of course, uh, safe. A task that is becoming increasingly complicated. Uh, and challenging. Our guest today is one of the most experienced safety engineers from our very own cybersecurity center of excellence, uh, Brian Verburg. Brian, a very warm welcome to the podcast. Would you please uh, introduce yourself?
0: Yeah, thank you. Good morning. My name is Brian Verburg. I do work for what you already mentioned, the Cybersecurity Center of Excellence for Ingram Micro for Western Europe, including the Benelux region. I do work now for three years within Ingram Micro. I do have an experience of 25 years plus within IT and cybersecurity. Worked on the side of the reseller as well. Very large enterprise organizations. Financials and now within distribution, and I'm very proud that we were able to to build a an stable and interesting department for Ingram Micro with our cybersecurity center of excellence.
1: Yes, thank you very much. Let's talk about your team and what you are doing later on in this podcast. For now, uh, let's dive in some current affairs like we always do in this podcast, (laughs) another day, another cybersecurity (laughs) situation. A few articles that caught our cybersecurity eye. First of all, one of the international Red Cross. A while ago, uh, they published that they were a victim uh, of a hack. Personal information of 500 people was stolen from at least 60 uh, national Red Crosses. So the hackers gained access to the systems. And stole the personal data of a group of very vulnerable people. Uh, can you tell me something about this case?
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, it's almost business as usual to say. Yeah. And we, we hear every day breaches, uh, vulnerabilities. And in this case, the topic with Red Cross uh, once more had to do with an exploit on an un, un, unpatched vulnerability. So, um, what I did read in the past that was that unpatched vulnerabilities is still priority number one uh, for companies and which is in my opinion something we we can um, easy control but if yeah. you if you look back at, at at the red cross yeah the the intrusion it was a very sophisticated attack i i need to be honest on that one and it seems that that it was already out there in in november 2021 so two months that that it was disclosed and and published that there was something wrong within the Red Cross. And as mentioned, it's highly sophisticated targeted attack on on their systems, and and not as the the majority of the people were reading at that time that it was a third party contract system in the environment of um, of the Red Cross. Yeah,
1: that's what I read as well.
0: Yeah. So what what is then sophisticated targeted attack? And and what they mentioned in an in, in different publication is that they, they did find created code designed solely for execution of that exploit to that Red that, that Cross system.
1: So it's not was a specific code for the Red Cross or for that exploit? So they could have exploited more or organizations who didn't um, patch that one.
0: A really good point there, and you can imagine that when you write code, that you are going to target for that specific purpose. Yeah. So they aimed to do something with Red Cross, and but they solely lean on what they can use huh? the tooling the development they already prepared for other attacks as well so yep. it's 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 a next level for which they prepare themselves to target that specific system or systems of Red Cross based on what they already use for others that's that's more yep. or less the case it's like what what we are doing in our space use the tooling to to scan and, and attack systems in, an, in a structured way. You do that all the time, but the reaction of the system can be different, so you adjust. Yeah. Yeah, and the interesting part of this, this brief is that they still do not know. They, they, they do suspect it's state-sponsored, which is really worrying. That means that, that there is a country out there or countries combining efforts together to attack a target, and in this case, the Red Cross. But they don't have the name, for it yet so or at least it's not published so maybe we, we, we don't know maybe they do know but they are not publishing it so the interesting part what they have done is that when they were able to get at least access via that Zoho vulnerability there they were able to deploy offensive security tooling in that environment and this is strange because When you install something, you normally see it as an admin and somebody is installing some parts of software on your servers or endpoints. So what they have done, they became fully stealth in their environment as well. So it was very sophisticated what was going on. So they did not see that they were installing pen testing tooling uh, software. They elevated themselves as legitimate users and admins in their environment.
1: Yeah. Um, and so, they took
0: two months for it.
1: Huh? Yeah, so the tools you use in your cybersecurity center of excellence to test <laughs> uh, companies, yep. they use to see the, uh, what vulnerabilities they could use in that environment.
0: Uh, t- to be honest, we see it as a Swiss knife what we are using, but you know, a knife can be a dangerous tool, huh? a box yeah. of Pandora from time to time. So mm-hmm. we are playing with yeah, with with fireworks from <laughs> from time to time.
1: Yeah, So and, you're and using it the, as a an, uh, corkscrew and they're using it as a knife. Indeed, indeed, yeah.
0: that's, that's the case. So by having that said, yeah, you see a lot of similarity of the activities we do because we are acting like hackers. Yeah. To be honest, the only differentiator here is that these guys or girls or at least that group, they had the time to do that for two months. We can't do that in in, in a commercial um, job. We only have a week or two weeks. They yeah. have all the firepower, uh, they have all the machines, they have all the knowledge and probably 24-7 support worldwide because of that uh, active group is working in shifts. We don't yeah. do that, to be honest. Yeah,
1: it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can also always access. Uh... It is, it is.
0: Yeah, And if you are talking about a state, you can imagine that the budgets are incredibly high. Uh, They can
1: leverage from. Yeah, I read in the article uh, the Red Cross published themselves. uh, They were talking about the vulnerability they could have patched. Yep. But they said we are a very large company or organization. We have a lot of patches. What can they do? Because they kind of use the amount of systems and patches uh, vulnerabilities they needed to patch as a a, as an excuse. At, Mm -hmm. At least that's how I read it. Yeah. Are there any toolings or stuff like that to um, do it all at once or at least to know there, what there to do? Se- and, yeah. There are
0: several tools, to be honest, yeah. and uh, I think it's a very weak excuse if you use that. Uh, you, you know you have systems. It's, it's like driving your car. You need to take that to the garage from time to time. Yeah. And it, if you drive it a lot, you know that you have to do that more often, isn't it? Your tires yeah. are, yeah, you have to replace them. And by using that excuse, you can't take the risk nowadays anymore. So you need to find the tools out there. And there are several. To be honest, you, you have all kind of patch management tooling, which you can, can use for specific topics, even Vendors are providing their own strategies how to update, like like Oracle is having their own critical patch update uh, cycle, Microsoft is distributing. So you now have to decision within your company, okay, what kind of tool can help me out to, yeah, maybe the 80-20 rule to fix all my vulnerabilities uh, by one tool and all the other stuff is going to do, we have to do manually or with other tools. Yeah. But you you have to build your own policy and strategy around it. And it's yeah, yeah. mandatory.
1: And you have to know which systems you've got. So what <laughs> uh, vulnerabilities there will be. Because the known vulnerabilities, of course, you need to know about as well. And then patch them. Yeah, right are right. You, yeah. you need
0: to be in control. If You you need to know um, all, about all your assets and yeah. what is critical. And you, you need to make at least some to be honest between you and me from the perspective i had a, a- Of an organization like the Red Cross, you expect that they have the right policies in place and that they act upon it. But you still see that a lot of companies do struggle with it. But you need to classify systems to say, okay, what is the data sitting on that box? Is it critical for the company or for my customers? And then you need to label that to say, okay, if this system is going to fall in the hands of, of bad actors, what does it mean to my company or to my organization? And probably. somebody thinks that they can get away with that simple excuse yeah we have too many systems too many different systems between you and me i should say okay what are what are your thoughts then to rationalize your i.t yeah are you going to bring them into the cloud or are you going to manage from a different perspective or are you going to reselect uh tooling to support you for for patch management
1: yeah and as usual they will probably do that now but now they're already too late
0: and, and it is. I think the best thing to get some good budget is if you have a good incident. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. exactly. And in this case, it, but it is really bad. Uh, if we know that, that very vulnerable people within this world searching, because that was the database yeah. these attackers were attacking. So this PI was, was in their hands.
1: Yeah. yeah, and hopefully they won't be using the data. I know it's a bit of a stretch, but they, of course, can use it to personalize phishing attacks to the this vulnerable group. Or Correct. Yeah. Up to,
0: up to now, they did not do that. So, it, it, to me, it seems that it was more a form of activism, what was going on. They did reach out to the people they got the data from, so they, they used it to, to get access to those those individuals or those entities out there. But they were not asking for ransom or yeah. they were not blocking anything further for what, for what we know right at this moment. So yeah. it's, it seems that they did break into the system from, from a political standpoint or another motivation to show that even the Red Cross is not in control. But they, yeah. they didn't make it the company or the organization Red Cross was brought to its knees and had to pay a ransomware of $1 million, for example.
1: Yeah. Talking about the next article I've read was about Conti ransomware mm-hmm. uh, from the ransomware group Conti. That's where the name comes from, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ransomware group Conti created a ransomware program based on more than 30 known vulnerabilities to access and manipulate the data of more than a thousand organizations. And uh, this was a group that worked with the ransomware as a service model. Mm-hmm. So we all know uh, infrastructure as a service, uh, software as a service, so trusted IT providers, including uh, Ingram Micro use these to help customers with their infrastructure or software. But this uh, malicious group also work with the comparable model. What I found very interesting about the uh, Conti group was that they have a business like structure with a CEO, general managers, and I've read in, at some point they had more than 100 employees. So they published their uh, ransomware on the deep web and partners in crime, like you uh, said, could use that uh, ransomware to target their victims and then they pay a percentage to uh, the content group or in this case, they got, even received wages for their work done. Can you tell me something about uh, RAS, or ransomware as a service? Yeah, it's, it's it's really live out there,
0: and what we see more and more that you can order all kind of services. Everything is as a service. Huh? Yeah. You, 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 you we all know uh, we are working in IT and distribution. You can order a platform or or infrastructure or an application, and this is this is more or less a service so you order a service from bad actors for which they did already prepare the coding and everything and they built a service model around it. Yeah. So what what they did is that they put at least the overall sales activities <laughs> towards the, the one who orders it. So you see that this whole concept of ransomware as a service is 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 a P for use malware so you, you if you want to use their malware you pay them an amount of money and you can do that in all kind of revenue revenue models they and there's a very good article on this from coming from crowdstrike who explains you all this this these revenue models <laughs> where you have to think of that if you you have a monthly subscription flat fee for example uh, yeah. For which you can order software. Uh, you have all kind of yeah, partner programs. That sounds pretty familiar to the business we are in, isn't Definitely. it? Definitely, yeah. And and they call it affiliate programs. And you, it's similar to the monthly fee model, but but a, a percentage of the profits will go 30 percent to to the ransomware developer. So by having that idea, these guys and girls out there, they are commercially well experienced using deep web for it and, and, and the dark web for it to, to distribute this to who's, who's interested in that. And why yeah. is it, why is it um, so important that we, we know that it is out there? You can imagine it becomes available to a larger group. Yeah, and that's the difficulty we have to to protect ourselves against. And you let's say that we have thousands of those hack, uh, hacking groups out there who can do a ransomware attack. Now they made it available via our um, cloud marketplace, which is yeah. similar to what we have within yeah. Ingram Micro. We distribute software with, and they do that in a way that yeah, that that you can easily order it. It's it's so simple to do it.
1: Yeah, and just like our uh, cloud marketplace, they've got support and technical guys and even if somebody um, got ransomware and are asked to uh, pay um, the ransom in, let's say, bitcoins, they've got a support to tell them how to purchase bitcoins and how to make the payments, stuff like that. It's crazy.
0: It's 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 like like criminal organizations behind that are not only working probably uh, within this space, but they are now very, very keen to order this service next to all the criminal activities they are doing within drugs and and people trafficking, that kind of stuff. It's 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 spreading the risk for for yeah. other criminal organizations who wants to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: and and. We have to prepare ourselves against ransomware, to be honest. And we, we need to think, all right, what, what should be in place within a company? Because I always learned it's better to yeah. to protect yourself before burning your fingers. But uh, so, yeah. as in the other example, sometimes a good incident will help you. But with ransomware, it's really hurting you and you are having the feeling that is yeah it's like if people breaking into your house for the next coming 6 months after that you have that feeling that somebody was in your house and that yeah. is the same with ransomware that feeling yeah. always stays there so you have to invest in my opinion in good endpoint protection and consider uh, not only EDR but look at MDR if you are not confident let let somebody monitor and manage your environment if if yeah. you are a company or even so, if you are experienced Consider XDR, for example.
1: Yeah. yeah. So manage detection and response. XDR, yeah. um, what that's, does it stand for again?
0: That's that's that's. If you're looking at the ad- advantage you have with XDR, it's more or less you get the possibility, like a seam to bring in all contextual information from other systems as well. So yeah. you, you so have just ad- the endpoints. It's not the endpoints. It's get much more advanced, which is yeah. relevant. Uh, so that you can bring other logs into it as well and combine at least the search, the analysis you have to do. If something happens in, on this system and on that system, then it's really bad. And not yep. only on an endpoint.
1: Yeah. So it's much more advanced. Prevention. Let's talk about your cybersecurity center of excellence. Mm-hmm. Yep. What kind of uh, services do you have?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we offer offensive security services when and in, in the example of the Red Cross and um, offensive security tooling installed in that environment we use that to to help channel partners to to go out there to their end customers and offer these services to pen test th- those environments and it's it's paramount to do that because it provides that much insight in your environment if you are, vulnerable to attackers do do I have vulnerabilities in my network in my systems or my web applications which hackers can exploit so we have a very large portfolio of services developed to uh, to meet the expectations yeah
1: so the end user will go to their uh, partner or the partner will go to their end user and they've got preventive uh, solutions already. Yeah. endpoint security, backup, patch management, maybe, all that kind of stuff. And then you come in with your team and you test if those systems are pre- uh, protected enough. Or sufficient it, it is.
0: And how, how do you get the feeling that you have uh, value for money with the protective tools you have in place? Then you need to test them. Am yep. I really protecting my organizations, my individuals, my employees, my systems, my data to the bad, act- bad actors out there? And what we do is we do ethical hacking activities on those systems to show, hey, yeah, you are very well protected. And that's also something worth it eh, that we know, yeah. hey, compliments we we could not break into that specific system or that web application but sometimes uh, we have to report the criticals and the mediums and the high findings to say all right there is some work to be done and can we help you out that or do you need additional support from, from our ingro micro audience to to replace your firewall your endpoint or yeah, yeah bring you to the next level
1: yeah so maybe the results uh, of the report will be uh, install a web application firewall or or you need to back up this one because there are sensitive data there or the the,
0: the majority of the points job is is keep your patch management up to date because yeah. that's that it's like similar to the to the red cross one yeah a lot of companies don't have a very well strategy on patch management and to be honest do you need to patch daily, I I think you you must nowadays. Yeah. Because look at all the devices out there. You have your iPhone or your Android or or your your Linux systems or or your your Windows systems. Every day on a daily basis, we push the button oh, install update here. Ah, in, then you go back to your television at home that gets updates as well. So it must be in your system every day. Don't wait don't wait too
1: long yeah and i get always annoyed when i see um my uh, android phone needs an update because i think yeah all right i will push it Uh, i will push it a little further i will push it a a little further don't we all but yeah yeah, exactly but it's very important and for me it's my personal phone so if something happens um, i'm screwed but if something happens with your company you you your employees your customers all but those data can between be... Between you uh, and me, Yeah,
0: do you do, you ba- do you do banking on your mobile phone?
1: Yeah, I do. All right.
0: Now it becomes a different discussion, yeah. isn't it? Yeah.
1: So. But still, it's my uh, bank account that can be uh, penetrated. So it's my responsibility for a company. It's uh, the responsibility for the CISO, but also for their customers and maybe a um, bit lateral movement, their suppliers or...
0: The impact yeah. is different
1: for the sure. Way way <laughs> bigger and not just for you.
0: Correct. Correct. I don't want to
1: see you when when your bank account is empty. No, no, no. I will keep updating my phone. No worries. All right. <laughs> All right. Good. good good.
0: Yeah, and, and another thing is and, and and we developed also a free of charge service for our for our partners within Ingram Micro and it's a global tool we have built with, within our team. So it tells a lot about our the knowledge on on Offensive security services. It's called Eyesight. It's a free-of-charge service, mm-hmm. for which channel partners can can use that to to have a cybersecurity conversation starter or break the ice with customers to talk about cybersecurity. And it's yeah. a very rich document produced within minutes based on open-source intelligence information. So, yeah, it's it's next to what we offer as paid services. Uh, we see that we yeah. Between you and me, I like to be altruistic as well and make this world a better place in regards to security. So we are really the white hat hackers. We are not the bad actors like installing the ransomware and and work for a criminal organization. No.
1: Yeah. Luckily, you aren't. That wouldn't be a very good strategy for England Micro.
0: Yeah, and what other services, yeah, like vulnerability testing or pen testing we offer or web application testing or even for customers with 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 a Microsoft dedicated environment. We can even, uh, what we call the cyber security assessment, uh, especially designed for, for Microsoft environments. It's it's a low-hanging fruit one, very easy, four hours assessment to give you an idea how your, your risks are with, with even those tools in your environment. Yeah. And there's much more. There's much, much more to tell. But, yeah, reach yeah, out the, and we tell If our them.
1: listeners want to know more, they can also always reach out to us, of course, and we will tell yeah. them everything uh, they need. Let's take a look at the future because we have a conversation before uh, we start recording this podcast, of course. And you talked about an, a new danger, crypto mining on your PC, your your <clears throat> services. Can you tell me something about that?
0: Yeah, the, the, the interesting part is that everybody knows Yeah, more or less about the terminology ransomware. And then, yeah, yeah, the the extortion is clear and your system is encrypted and pay me uh, bitcoins or money or whatever. And then we will give you the decryption keys and you can unlock that. What we see more and more, and it becomes really interesting to say that all kind of devices are also in place for what we called yeah, crypto jacking it's it's more or less that we are it's a cyber crime for which hackers are going to use unauthorized unauthorized um, devices of, of of organizations individuals and you can think of computer phones laptops servers and they are using cycles of those devices to to do mining with yeah. and Nobody's, it, it is very difficult to detect because.
1: It's, yeah, they don't want to be detected, of course. It
0: is. And it's only yeah. using maybe half a percent or a percent of, of the CPU or your memory. So you can't even see that it is a leakage on your system, to yeah. be honest. It, it's like, uh, yeah, it, like dripping uh, dripping water. You Yeah.
1: yeah. At the end
0: That's of the month, you will see it or the year to say, all right, I have to pay a lot of money for water. What's going on here?
1: Yeah, and for the hacker, they've got a lot of drips coming into their bucket, so it will fill up, and then it they, is. Uh, and yeah.
0: it's 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 really astonishing to know that they make money because they mine crypto on it. Yeah, uh, they don't have to pay for the energy because you are doing it. Yeah, uh, you are charging your mobile phone or your server or whatever. So now nowadays, with the energy prices, you can imagine that using servers in the data center, they become more expensive to do crypto mining with. Yeah. So now we are using <laughs> all the systems out there, which is a very clever idea. And we had the, the discussion uh, yesterday, wasn't it about SETI, which was an old program? Yeah, the
1: search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Indeed. Talking indeed. About. Yeah,
0: yeah it, w- it was probably uh, uh, eight years, ten years ago, people were installing software on their computers. For which um, NASA was asking them, okay, can you help us out by sharing the load? And this is exactly the same.
1: NASA needed more computer power. So they asked the people to help them out with their computers. Yeah. And
0: what do you have with crypto mining? You need. Horsepower, you need systems doing that. So yes. therefore, you see all those data centers in in Iceland because of the cooling is very cheap there, yeah. <laughs> and electricity there. They yeah. they do a lot of mining there. So this is more or less. But be aware, somebody is installing some software on your device, and you don't know it. And no. to be honest, if 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 you think that you are going to block that and you detect it they can easily put the next card on the table and then start the ransomware because they already installed stuff on your machine. And now they say, okay, hey, I want that back what was already installed earlier to do the mining. Now you have to pay me some Bitcoin. So one way or another, they make money.
1: Yeah. So prevention, prevention, prevention again. And then once you know they're on there, knowing how to get them off and staying safe. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a whole other talk. I think for a a future podcast. Yep. Yeah. For now, I think we need to go to the end. Let's finish up Brian. Thank you so much uh, for your insights today. It was very interesting. Your center of excellence is a real added value for uh, our company and definitely for our partners and the uh, customers of our partners. So what you guys are doing over there, actually in Utrecht in the Netherlands, so that's nice for us, (laughs) It's amazing. I also want to thank uh, our listeners, of course. Thanks again um, for tuning in to this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future podcasts. And if you have any questions, you can go to the Linux page beneath this uh, podcast, if you're listening on uh, Spotify, you talked about the eyesight report, the free uh, reports to get the conversation with your end users uh, started. If uh, that's something interesting uh, for you as a listener, please reach out to us. We will be very happy to help. It's a very fast program. We will execute. You will have the, the report within minutes in your, of course, you send it during business hours because we won't be uh, 24-7 like the, the <laughs> hackers.
0: <laughs> it's a no-brainer job. So yeah. anybody listening to this podcast should ask for such a report because it brings so much value. It's so easy to generate. It's non-intrusive, so we are not breaking any law, so we are only looking at public data, but it immediately gets the finger on on the spot to say, okay, hey, we need to talk about this because you have some misconfigurations on the internet and some 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 potential vulnerabilities as well so use
1: that yeah yeah and for our partners uh, if you want to test it out let us know and we'll um execute it on your uh website you will see what's on what vulnerabilities you have or which topics you need to take a look at we'll be happy to help of course once again below you you will find the landings page we will also publish the uh, articles We talked about the Red Cross, uh, Conti ransomware, and probably some information about you, Brian, and your uh, center of excellence. Great. So, once again, Brian, thank you so much. Listeners, uh, thank you so much for uh, tuning in again. And uh, see you next month for our next episode of the podcast. So, both of you later. Bye bye.